Chapter Forty Two of Donal Grant. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devorah Allen. Donal Grant by George MacDonald. Chapter Forty Two Communism. But Donal did not feel that even then would he have exhausted the likelihood of discovery. That the source of the music that had so long haunted the house was an Aeolian harp in a chimney that had never or scarcely been used might be enough to satisfy some, but he wanted to know as well why, if this was a chimney, it neither had been nor was used, and to what room it was a chimney. For the question had come to him, might not the music hold some relation with the legend of the lost room? Inquiry after legendary lore had drawn nearer and nearer, and the talk about such as belonged to the castle had naturally increased. In this talk was not seldom mentioned a ghost, as yet seen at times about the place. This Donal attributed to glimpses of the Earl in his restless night walks. But by the domestics, both such as had seen something and such as had not, the apparition was naturally associated with the lost chamber, as the place whence the spectre issued, and whither he returned. Donal's spare hours were now much given to his friend Andrew Comyn. The good man had so far recovered as to think himself able to work again, but he soon found it was little he could do. His strength was gone, and the exertion necessary to the lightest labor caused him pain. It was sad to watch him on his stool, now putting in a stitch, now stopping because of the cough which so sorely haunted his thin, wind-blown tent. His face had grown white and thin, and he had nearly lost his merriment, though not his cheerfulness. He never looked other than content. He had made up his mind he was not going to get better, but to go home through a lingering illness. He was ready to go, and ready to linger, as God pleased. There was nothing wonderful in this, but to some good people even it did appear wonderful that he showed no uneasiness as to how Dory would fare when he was gone. The house was indeed their own, but there was no money in it, not even enough to pay the taxes, and if she sold it, the price would not be enough to live upon. The neighbors were severe on Andrew's imagined indifference to his wife's future, and it was in their eyes a shame to be so cheerful on the brink of the grave. Not one of them had done more than peep into the world of faith in which Andrew lived. Not one of them could have understood that for Andrew to allow the least danger of evil to his dory would have been to behold the universe rocking on the slippery shoulders of chance. A little moan escaping her as she looked one evening into her money teapot made Donal ask her a question or two. She confessed that she had but sixpence left. Now Donal had spent next to nothing since he came, and had therefore a few pounds in hand. His father and mother had sent back what he sent them, as being in need of nothing. Sir Gibby was such a good son to them that they were living in what they counted luxury. Robert doubted whether he was not ministering to the flesh in allowing Janet to provide beef bros for him twice in the week. So Donal was free to spend for his next neighbors, just what his people, who were grand about money, would have had him do. Never in their cottage had a penny been wasted. Never one refused where was need. Anru, he said, and found the mother tongue here fittest. I'm thinking you mun be growing some short a siller in this time of worklessness. Deed, I wouldn't a wonder, answered Andrew. Dory says nothing about such trifles. Well, rejoined Donal, I thank God I had some in the ill pickle and not being wanted, 
and saw in danger of cankerin', and atween brothers there shouldna be two purses. Ye ha your own folk to look after, sir, said Andrew. They're well looked after. Better nor ever they were in their lives. They're as well off as I am myself up in yon grand castle. They have a friend who but for them would it ill live to be the great man he is the now. And there's nothing or a muckle for him to do for them. So my siller's my ain, and yours, Andrew, and Dory's. The old man put him through a catechism as to his ways and means and prospects, and finding that Donal believed as firmly as himself in the care of the master, and was convinced there was nothing that the master would rather see him do with his money than help those who needed it, especially those who trusted in him, he yielded. "'It's not, you see,' said Donal, "'that I had any doubt of the Lord's providin', gin I had failed. But he holds the thing to my hand, just as muckle as Guinea said, "'There's for you, Donal. "'The folk of this world may not approve, but you and me kens better, Anru. We ken there's no good in siller but to do the will of the Lord with it, and help to one another is his dear will. It's not that he's short a siller himself, but he likes to give another a turn. I'll take it, said the old man. There's what I had, returned Donal. No, no, none of that, said Andrew. You're treating me like a muckle reeving sornin' bigger, offering me all that at once. What a sign would be the prolonged sweetness of having it in portions fra your hand, as fra the neb of an angel Corby, sent fra very home with your dinner. Here a glimmer of the old merriment shone through the worn look and pale eyes. "'Na, na, sir,' he went on. "'Just talk the thing o'er with Dory, "'and let her have what she wants and no more. "'She wouldna like it. "'Who kens what may come in the meantime? "'Death himself, maybe. "'Or see, give Dory a five shillings, "'and when that's done she can let you ken.' Donal was forced to leave it thus, "'but he did his utmost to impress upon Dory "'that all he had was at her disposal. "'I had new clothes,' he said, "'before I came. "'I have all I want to eat and drink, "'and for books,' "'There's a whole ancient library at my service. "'What possibly could I wish for more? "'It's a mere luxury to hand the money over to you, Dory. "'I'm thinking, Dory, "'for he had by this time got to address her by her husband's name for her. "'There's nobody in this world, "'cept the unseen lord himself, "'loves your man so well as you and me. "'And well can I, you and him would share your last with me. "'So I'm only gin ye o' your ain good will, "'and I'll doubt that, gin ye take not so long as I have.' "'Thus adjured, and satisfied that her husband was content, the old woman made no difficulty. End of chapter 42